Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Flames Fancast. Five games in for the Flames, three and two record, six points on the board, second in the Pacific, early days, but thoughts? So far, so okay. So far, so okay. What do you think? I mean, if you had, if you had said to me, you get six points out of these first five games, I'd say I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I would take it too. I was I was hoping for a little bit more consistent goaltending, but we're not really getting that yet. Riddick had a good end of the game last game, but that start by no fault of his own. I mean that start he had last those night. Two early goals. Even before I turned the game on, it was one nothing, and then like my PTSD from last season just kicked in. It was two nothing. I'm like I can't I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this again. <laughs> This is too painful. And then we, you know, I'm really impressed with our resiliency to come back and win that game. A, we shut them down defensively. B, Varlamov was playing well. And we came back and got three goals. Um, that's a sign of, I think, increased pedigree on our part. I think that's something that we were missing on a consistent level last season, too. We would, we would kind of just, it would look like the body language of all the players would just kind of give up. What, wasn't the Vancouver early. game like that too? We kind of faced a lot of adversity and we came back and we won it? Yeah. Like we went down, we scored, we went down again, we scored. Well, it was just a crazy back and forth. Like we were watching it and then the McGregor fight was on too. But we, every time like Vancouver scored, you looked at me like we're fucked because we still have that PTSD from last season. Yeah. But then they kept coming back and coming back. Or, so It's just we score and then we ship it right back, right? The one thing is that we're not having trouble scoring, which is a really good improvement on the team. You mean four players aren't having trouble scoring? Well, four, I know, but if you look at the, this, the dispersion of points, it's still like the top, I don't know, maybe it's seven players-ish that are having pretty decent starts so far. Like, I'm okay with like a, a Jarnik having three points in five games. Yeah, definitely. Right? You know, like Backlund should be a little better than two and five. It's still early, but... Like, Neil should be probably about three or four at this point. Anyway, but I think we're, we're finding chances now, and we're actually potting them home. I think Peters deserves some credit here, and our power play um, coaches deserve a little credit too. We're looking pretty menacing on the power play now. We had a slow start on it on the first game. I think we were like 0 oh and what? 0 oh and 6 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and then we went something 3 crazy. for something, didn't we? Yeah. So... Those things are improving. A big turnaround, though. Like, the amount of... Our power play does look dangerous when we're actually converting. It wasn't... Oh, last year, watching those power plays, and you just sit there and make your hands meet your face over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But there, our production, especially that first unit, they look they look dangerous. And, mm-hmm. you know, Goudreau's vision just highlighted again and again and again, and he's got some guys that are finishing. I really like how Lindholm is clicking on that top line. I really like that. Yeah. And there was a there was a point last game where it felt like Varlamov was playing like a Hall of Fame goalie against us. Like he was saving everything. Uh, Peters had no issue. Doesn't it always feel that way though? Like I can never it, remember It does, a game. I guess. But like in Wait, that I... particular game yesterday, like he was making some pretty crazy stops. Like that one on Kachuk was nuts. Does, is, I wonder if it's just... A thing that every fan has of their team, or if it's a Flames thing, but it probably, seems every no, time... Probably a, a whole thing. We like play thing. any team, their goalie stands on his head. 
drives me nuts. Yeah, it's awful. I just want you to be junk every time you play it. I noticed that Petersville <laughs> was not afraid to mix up the first line. There was a point there where uh, Kachuk was playing on the first line. He was mixing it up. So I really like that too about Peters. He's not going to stay sticky on the lines if they're not producing. Unpredictable. Yeah, and you have to be unpredictable because the second teams find out about your... You know, that was the thing about Hartley. Down, right? This is That was the thing about uh, Gully. Like, every, Gully. Gully. Um, everybody kind of figured them out when we were winning, if, like, many games. Like, I don't know, it was like 70% of our games for, like, 10-game stretches or whatever. People would start figuring out, like, that drop pass on the power play or the way we were crashing the net or playing the triangle on top behind the net. People were trying to figure – once they figured that out, it was like we were out of ideas. And that's bad. So, so far, Peters is mixing it up. Again, it's five games. but Well, he's reforged our identity, right? For sure. And that and these additions, um, maybe minus Derek Ryan, like, he's okay. Like, he's not – I mean, I didn't expect him to be anything special anyway. But Lindholm, Jarnik, uh, Hannafin's actually been getting a little bit more creative. I, I know that he's not probably, you know, stepping up to the standard that people are used to just because we had Dougie there. But Lindholm. Jesus, six points in five games. And one of the few players on the lineup right now who has more uh, regu- uh, sorry, non-power play points per game. And that's really important. And the guy scoring crucial goals for us. Absolutely. Last night's goal. goal. Yeah. He has a game winner as well. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the he thing. He has two he game has, winners. He has two game winners. That's right. Um, and that's one thing we should talk about is... Okay, our power play pedigree is getting quite good. But uh, it's a little concerning, I think, that we're not, we're not getting our top line. You know, they're not getting points like, outside of the power play right now. If you look at Johnny, eight points, but five of those are on the power play. Yeah. Any concerns? <laughs> no, it's early. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really happy that the power play is clicking. And we're scoring goals, whether it's even strength of the power play, great. I mean, he's got eight points in five games. I can't, I can't say I'm concerned. If we can have a menacing power play that's significantly more dangerous than it was last year, uh, we're on course for improvement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this Pacific division, it's looking wide open. And I know I keep harping on this back and forth about the Pacific, but that's where it's at, right? We're playing these guys. We're competing against these guys, and we play them the first two rounds of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And if we can get through whoever it is we play first, or maybe that's a wild card team, I don't know. But if uh, theoretically, you know, it's a trip to the Western Conference Final, right? Anything can happen then. And I think we're due for a playoff run here, like a, a, some some a deep run into – May, June, it's about time we've had something like that. And this group, if they continue on this trajectory, I think it's really possible, uh, especially seeing how the other teams in our division are doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm slightly concerned. Too bad we don't have Detroit. They suck. Yeah, it would be nice to have a couple more shitty teams in our div, <laughs> make it a little bit easier. Um, but I'm, I have a bit of a slight concern. I, you're right, it's early. I'm not going to harp on it too much, but... I think that the game is as important to be efficient on your special teams as it is to be efficient on five-on-five. 
Um, I uh, think absolutely. It's probably more important to be it's efficient probably, on five on five, it's, right? Yeah. I, th- I would argue that you can back the in the box day, too. yeah, I would say maybe a few years ago in hockey that special teams was a little bit more lopsided for someone, for a team to make the playoffs, for a team to make it far in the playoffs, because when they initiated those new rules about, you know, when they got rid of the hooking, for example, and the right. rest were calling... The clutching and grabbing. Yeah, the rest were calling, like, every single penalty. Like It felt like there would be at least 15 power plays a game. I think back then, if you were very efficient on the power play and the penalty kill, that was the make or break of how well you are going to do in the season. Now, it's back to that... I would say it's more leaning toward the regulation, or sorry, the I keep saying regulation. It's the non-power play, non-penalty kill side of things. But again, it does obviously help. If you're as efficient as we have been lately on the power play, it's only going to make things better for us. Well, um, I just worry too about how, and I know you've talked about the diversity of scoring, a lot of one 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 ones on the board here. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, we're, we do look a little top-heavy. We are still top. I mean, heavy. those are a lot of one goals, but also not many assists in there. Like maybe one goal, one assist. Yeah. And I'd like I'd like to highlight you know Neil at this point because. Yeah, let's talk about that. Here's here's what I think. I'm I'm to start off. I'm really. The way it's been going, it's been it's been very pleasing. Like Lindholm is fitting in on that top loin line loin 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 line wonderfully. I like that a lot. I'd like it to see if we put Neil into that second line with Backlund and Kachuk and see if we can get him going too. If we have two lines that are a serious threat and you've got a line of Dubé, Bennett, Zarnik, I'm, I'm liking that a lot, especially the way Bennett played last night. If he can carry that on, get a bit of form going, and we can kind of even feel more comfortable about interchanging our third line in there a bit more often. Wow. I mean, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially if we can start to smarten up on the back end because, well, two goals in the first five minutes of a game is not something we can be doing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, yeah, it's a bouncing puck, but sure, the pucks bounce all the time. You practice that. You train for that. He, he just he just switched off. And I'm, I'm talking about the second goal that Colorado scored and where Brody was. He just turned off, right? He just thought it's a routine play. He's already thinking about where the puck's going to go, not thinking about what he needs to do in that moment, and bam, it's gone. Right? Mm-hmm. You can watch and see how he can't recover from that because he, the, the thought that he just thought it was going to control naturally it didn't happen. His brain was, the focus was gone at that moment. And I mean, if we start to root out these fundamental mistakes or just boo-boos, <laughs> we're going to be really dangerous. Boo-boos. I mean, there's, there's just a few tweaks that need to be made, and we're, we're going to start... To look punishing, we're gonna. People are gonna hate to play us. But you have to. So backlit or sorry, Bennett, I think single-handedly changed the game last night. Yeah. Riddick Riddick played really well after the two goals. Again, I don't think you can't really blame the guy either for those two. Maybe the rebound control in the first goal would have been could have been better. But again, like no, I, I'm not I'm blaming not, Riddick. No, I know you're not. No, yeah. I, but there were some people on on like the Twitterverse that were. At the beginning, at least, like you know how you have those fans. That it's are, that PTSD, man. Yeah, it totally I, I, I is. I understand. And, and we like, all you get watch it. This and you're like, for sure. Oh my god. Like it's like I here can't we handle fucking it. go again. But yeah, exactly. It, it's 
you know, you have your faction of fans that go like, Riddick sucks, man. What the fuck? Like, he's, <laughs> well, every team he's got them, like right? a 10% save percentage right now. It's bullshit. You know, but, just like you said to me before recording, the second goal comes in, you almost broke your phone, right? I did. I was, I was just livid when I saw that. Just because it was a... But it was like almost a comedy of errors, right? Like, the way they cleared the puck, the way the puck was bouncing around, then, like, Brody just, like, completely whiffs at it. Again, it happens. But then... And then he just shelves it, like... That puck is not easy to shelf either, well, the way he let, scored that let's goal. Let's think here for a second. Let's also think about the St. Louis game, right? And you have that error from Smith, and you yeah. have this error from Brody. There's two goals in two games from obvious, blatant mistakes. Yeah. Now, granted, like, yeah, it takes skill to score that, but the, the error Brody gave away is a breakaway. And the error Smith gave away was just like, the puck is gone, a pass up front, it's in the back of our net, right? But the Smith thing, I can't even get mad at anymore because he just does it. He just does that shit. And I'm just kind of like, this is a sunk cost. I can't... I can get mad at that. I'm not anymore. I Because the guy's not changing and he's not going to change now. Like, he just... He loves to play the puck. You could make a YouTube video of all the shit mistakes he makes when he does that stuff. Show it to him and play it to him every morning for like the next five years and you'll still do it. <laughs> so he doesn't care. That's his style, so let him play style. In fairness, he right, played fair incredible in the uh, Nashville, Nashville game, game but yeah. and then not so good. And he wasn't even supposed to start the St. Louis game. We should have stuck to our guns on that. I'm pretty sure before the game, uh, it was like a day before the game started that we announced that he was going to start, whereas before the Nashville game, it was being to- said that Riddick was going to start the St. Louis game. So we, we need to be a little bit more... But- how do you reconcile efficient. the Jekyll and Hyde performances here? Like I one can't. game, he's absolutely phenomenal. The next game, it's just, it's just, a, it's a two out of ten. We mentioned this in our season preview: is that I know ne- I don't have any concerns with our forwards. I don't have any concerns with our defense. Like nothing glaring. But I always said our goalies need to be consistent. Maybe it's a no-brainer that you say that, but it really holds true with this Jekyll and Hyde thing with uh with with smith because i mean like when you look at the uh, the predators performance it's like okay wow okay that that was really good like we really need that they had some they had 42 or 45 shots some like that and then the st louis game comes by and it's like it's not good what what happened here you you look like a guy that just got called up from the a like we can't have that and you would think that a goalie with that is as seasoned as Smith wouldn't be having these like you know coin flip performances, but for whatever reason he does, and that happened last season too, specifically after he got injured. So I don't know what we do. I mean, we don't have much choice. Do you play? I know, but do you play? Do you now have the system where and the Flames have tried this to solve other teams, and I don't know if it works except for like. One example, and that was the Wild back in the day. But do you just play the <laughs> who, who goalie? Who was the goalies then? Rolison and it was it was Rolison and Fernandez um, or something. Yeah, like Ma- Manny Fernandez. Yeah. So you had that situation where you just kept playing the goalie who kept winning. The Flames tried that in the '90s. I know that the Flames tried that in the early 2000s. We basically tried it with the Flames, Ramo and Hiller, wasn't it? Yeah, basically the Flames have tried that before Kiprasov and after Kiprasov because we couldn't seem to get that bona fide number one. I do you do that now? No, we we need Kiprasov. No, okay, that's not the answer. No, no, Smith's our guy. You don't want to do the performance no. thing. 
So what if we what if he plays against Boston we lose because Smith has like another two-faced performance again. Put him in against Nashville, he'll shut him out again. Yeah, but Riddick played pretty pretty well. You know like, what? If he's our guy goals. and he is our guy. He's our number one goalie. He's we you have to play him so he can find that consistency. And if you look look at his stats, right? That save percentage 0.881. Uh goals against average 3.56. Okay. In Mike four Smith. Games. Mike Smith is motivated to get those numbers closer to the norm. He's not he's not happy with that. Like that's I know, yeah, he's a competitor that's, that's for awful. sure. Yeah, like if I will never I will never, you know, say anything that poor about his competitiveness. He's actually if the most animated guy on the team when it comes to that stuff, which is great. And you know I what? love that stuff. I, you're abs- I like his character. I like his drive. I like his determination, uh, and I've said this even when he played in Arizona, and Arizona would always, they were just getting shit kicked all the time, and then the Flames just scored a 4-1 goal because, like, Smith's team just stopped playing around him, and it was like tic-tac-toe, and he couldn't, he couldn't shut us out anymore. He's fuming, right? It's 4-1 mm-hmm. in the end, close to the end of the third period. He's, he's still pissed like this. I'm like, I, I want a guy like that on my team, and I think... Riddick uh, can play well, definitely, and I hope one of these three guys, Gillies, Parsons, Riddick, can hold down the fort for us. Right now, we also have one year left in right, Smith's right contract. Right now, it's Smith. Right? Yeah, and he's he's our guy. We got to play him. But he's not going to get re-signed unless he has, in my opinion, a really we, really good playoff run. Things. For example, right? We've done strange. I know things. we have, but I mean, with the goaltending that's coming up through our system. Either Smith has to have a pretty phenomenal season or he's not going to get re-signed. I In mean, which case, do you mold Riddick now? No. You, you, if, you, if you're talking about molding Riddick, then right, what's happening to him right now is be molding. Molding as a, yeah, like this he's is your being, chance He's maybe. working with Mike Smith every day. He's backing up Mike Smith. You mm-hmm. know, he knows that Mike Smith is 35 or 36. And he knows that... Right now he's 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 second in line, and that that that, that line is going to shuffle around pretty quick here because Smith can't play forever. But I I mean yeah, if he plays well, he's going to get a contract, no doubt. But if he play if he doesn't, maybe not. But th- then what do we do, right? There there's going to be options next year for goalies too because Bobrovsky's a free agent, like I said. Yeah, but you I would prefer that we bring some of the guys up from our system rather than uh, if we can get Bobrovsky, please. I guess. I mean, if we have... I'm not a- against it, but it's... Now you're coming down to, like, you know, contract caps and all that oh, stuff, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, and this like, is huge We're going to handcuff right? ourselves, right? This is a huge hypothetical. Yeah, totally. It's too far down, but... And we'll probably end up... What we'll probably end up doing is developing one of these three guys or putting our putting our eggs in their baskets, and I'm fine with that because, yeah, you know, you, you got to... You got to start flying eventually here, and I think Mike Smith, honestly, I think he just needs to play... In, even though he's a confident character guy, I still think he needs that backing from Bill Peters to be like, you're in again. Uh, even if we get walloped by Boston, uh, you're in again Friday, Mike. So uh, yeah. do what you need to do. Get ready for that. And, and you know, another thing too is let's not forget we played one game at home. Yeah. And we, we were never out of that game. I mean, we gave up a lot of chances, but... We have two home games coming up here, then two away games. So, I mean, 
let's turn the dome into a really, really awful place for other teams to come. Do you have any concerns with our, again, it's early, but the plus minus ratings of our top performing guys versus the supporting cast of the rest of the roster with much higher plus. So Goodrow minus two, Lindholm minus three, Monaghan minus two. But then you look at guys like Backlund plus five, Bennett plus two, Brody plus three. This, so he, he was plus four before that. Gio and Brody are plus four, plus three. Yeah. And uh, Jarnik's doing all right, plus two. So why I'm bringing this up is that I wonder if there is a, a concern with the coaching staff that maybe the first line is, this is going to sound stupid, but it's almost too offensive. To the point it's where it's a detriment. not defensively responsible. Yeah, so to a detriment. So, Well, the numbers, I mean, they're, they're minus. Like it's interesting that Brody and Giordano, who are typically on with the first line, are plus four and plus three. Well, you got to think somehow, too, right? A lot of those, those, those six, five power play points for Goudreau, um, he's on for three goals that we've scored then in regulation. He's, he, he's on for opponents five. Yeah, a lot of those plus minus numbers are maybe just relative to their power play points, which has been so effective. The rest of the team seems pretty pretty even, and then you look at someone like Backlund at a plus five. That's that's surprising. Yeah, but with the plus minus, like with the power play, it doesn't it doesn't count, right? No, so no, like, exactly. That's why I'm saying a lot of their points have been scored on the power play, right? right. So. But it's just it's concerning for me that you know it's, what? it's weird to see if the you, top guys. If you guys take away one minuses. of those power play points and you turn that into an even strength point, they're minus one, minus yeah. two. It's not like, a big deal, right? I don't particularly care uh, right now, but I don't like. I guess remember when Ovechkin had like, I don't know, he had like ninety points one season, but he was like minus forty or some shit like that. Like yeah, I remember. And yeah. so at at some point, again, I don't think it's going to happen here, but at some point. You know, there will be some concerns coming up if these minuses start accumulating more and more and more, especially with the top guys, because it's still a rounded game. Although well, you're Goudreau, like Goudreau still shows um, some good tenacity back on defense from time to time. I've seen him pick apart I, guys I like, I, all the and time. Yeah, and you mentioned like Monahan's a hard worker, Lindholm's a hard worker, Goudreau still comes back and like. These guys aren't irresponsible. This is no Ovechkin hanging out and cherry-picking and type thing. It's just anomalous, and it's just early. I think they'll end the season at the plus plus 8 mark to mm-hmm. plus 10 mark. It'll, I, it'll all even out. And part of me, the sinister in me, is bringing this up because I hate Corsi. And now you have some stats guys that I was reading That's on social been a really media. stats-based one. We haven't talked about stats a lot. Well... We usually just talk I prefer about to, drinking I prefer beer to, and screaming no, I know. at our TVs. I, but, you know, when I'm not hungover, I like to talk about the stats because like, then I can actually process the information in my brain. Uh, it's like 10% better. But like, if you look at that, some Corsi nerd is going to look at that and be like, well, they don't help defense. But in reality, like I watched Monaghan last game. After we went down 2 nothing, he was very responsible defensively. Like, he was coming back deep, even behind our own net, trying to win the puck for us on the boards. Like, there, there is a huge awareness, especially within Monaghan, uh, of helping out our defense. So, in this how case, Corsi would fail. As an organization, but, how much credence do you think we put in stats in general? Corsi in stats. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think we actually put that much into it. I know Gullitson did. 
I don't, and I don't think Trilliving does. Because you look at why we hired Bill Peters, it's because Trilliving knows this guy, mm-hmm. and he just thinks he's going to be a good fit for Calgary. That's a good point. Then you look at some of the deals we've made, particularly the Hamilton to Carolina deal. We got Lindholm and we got Hannafin out of that deal. And we gave up a marquee defenseman. Don't get me wrong. It's starting to look pretty good for us. I, mean, I have no idea how well Dougie's doing in Carolina. They're not playing all that bad, I don't no, think. No, they're and not. Furlan's and playing Furlan's quite well. Really yeah. well. Yeah, Furlan had a flyer. But, again, that deal isn't based on stats. That deal is based on, I think Bill Peters maybe says, these guys are, are quite good. And uh, we have to go. I for think them. we, if we can get him, we and should. And despite get him. Dougie being a top scoring defender, we will give him up and bring these other guys who are not as padded on the stats, only because on a. You know, you feel look at you look at the real coach. bombshells for scouting, right? And this is where I think ho- hockey really differs from something like baseball because you can't just use the stats. And you're right. I, those like let's look at Detroit and when they got those amazing players in the late rounds, Statsuk, Zetterberg. That's just scouting. That's not that's not looking at stats and finding how many points totally. and plus minus these guys have. That's just I see something in this player that's going to make them great. And Detroit stood the test of time for for how long? And I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I mean, specifically on stats, it was just guys watching them going like, that guy's really good. And I, I know and he's going to fit yeah. our system. Same maybe with Derek Ryan, right? I don't think Derek Ryan was a stat. No, trade. for sure. Well, definitely not. Um, and we're looking at, I, I've, I've heard, and I can't quote exactly when, but I know I've heard this. And we're talking a lot about the intangibles in hockey, a lot about the things that can't be measured in a player. And we seem to value that as an organization, which... On most days, I'm okay with. On most days, I'm okay with. Granted, sometimes it means we make a deal where we're getting a player where we really don't know about. But, like, like for example, Ryan. I was like, who is Derek Ryan? And mm-hmm. why are we getting Derek Ryan? But... Again, I'm not a fan of the Corsi thing. That, that's why I brought it up. I don't, think, I don't think the Flames are here. too much either. Yeah, yeah. They, they talk about it. They look at it. And, you know... You 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 want as much information as possible, right? I think until until it becomes like more of a proven science, like a moneyball type thing, I think people will just look at it and glance at it here and there, but that's about well, it. Well I think the I think the debate across all sports is really starting to heat up now about the effectiveness of stats and what their place is and how, how often and how frequently they should be used and how much you know, seriousness you put into statistics when making decisions about the organization like trades mm-hmm. uh, like who should come up and play on your team and who should get a roster spot and so on Furlick was benched last game good what do you think guy should play guy is a new <laughs> you know what's gonna happen to our team and i hate to say it but because like we we, we had to give neil that contract right this is a bit of a segue, but I'll get to my point. We had to give Neil that contract. It's a big contract. He's not going to be able to perform to those numbers if he's not playing on a top two line with like probably first line power play minutes. And he's just not going to be, he's probably not going to be over 50 points this season. At this rate, no. No, because we're playing him on the third line. We're playing him on the second power play unit. Um... Like, there is a big difference between our first and second power play unit. A big, big difference. And he just can't 
can't fit in there. Like, he can't produce the kind of numbers you want for that kind of contract if he's not getting those kind of minutes. And it's no fault of his own. Brower was all his fault. He's awful. But I don't think it's going to be Neil's fault. And I think what's going to happen is Frolik is the new Brower. And then, please, I want to be wrong about That's this. That's harsh. But So harsh. But Neil is going to become, like, the Brower after Frolik. Not because he's a bad player, just because our expectations as fans... Uh, are, are going to be higher than what he can actually achieve. But I think Froelich's usefulness to us, he had that one amazing season, 3M line, but that's, that's, that's finished. And I really like that we're giving these young guys a chance, Baliamaki and Dubé. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen... Have you ever, when was the last time you saw an absolute... 10 out of 10 performance from Frolik, or a 9 out of 10, or a, a Bennett against probably Colorado, been a, right? It's probably been a... Yeah, I haven't seen Frolik do what Bennett did last night. Um, but when, when, when can you remember that? I, I don't think he's ever had that. Uh, he's had a couple games where it's been like, wow, Frolik really played well. Sure, but it, it had nothing to do with his own ambition of changing the game on his own. When you watched Bennett do what he did last night, it was purely forget that there was four other players on the ice, I'm going to go for this guy, whether anyone likes it or not, because I think i got to hit this guy to get shit going. The way that Bennett played, he basically said, just just give me the puck, let me carry this on my shoulders every time I'm on the ice. That's the kind of feel I got from him every time he stepped on and the I ice. And I still believe I don't he, think Froelich's ever done that. No, but Froelich doesn't have the ceiling that Bennett has. And he gets a lot of, and Froelich gets a lot of flack from that whole Vegas game. You know, we, I'm, I know we've talked about that like numerous times, but how is that Froelich's fault? It, I was just gonna say that wasn't necessarily his fault to because the coach should have taken him off after the first howler. But again, my problem with Froelich is that that's not the first time he's shown me that his mental fortitude is not necessarily at the level that I would expect from a guy on our second line. Like a guy oh. in the second line or third line, even for that matter, or anyone in the professional level, should be like a Bennett, who, you know, Peters played him very little ice time for the first couple games. It's almost like he's like, you got to earn it from me, man. You got to earn it from me. And then the last couple, especially last game, he starts getting more and more ice time. He's rewarding Peter, or he's rewarding himself with some goals. He's changing the game. He's coming on the ice trying to do something every single time. But you can see it, right? Every player that goes on the ice, obviously they're trying to score or do something. But there was something separate about Bennett that last game where every time he stepped on the ice, I got excited going like something's going to happen. Like he's going to do he's got something. got that little, that little jump in his step. Yeah. Right? Like I don't I, – I have a hard time remembering when Frolik did that for me. Like Kachuk does that for me. Bennett did that for me last game. Frolik is not, you know, that especially kind when of Johnny. Player. No, he's not. But Johnny, every time he goes on the ice, I know everyone gets excited. Uh, even like with Dubé, he's kind of got that aura too, where it feels like at some point he will do something out of nothing. You mean the Spencer Fu aura? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Frolik, I just he's just such a ho hum player. Like it doesn't. Yeah. There's nothing about Tweedle him. Dumb. Yeah. There's nothing about him that really ever stuck out for me he's just a solid player uh just an above average solid player consistent guy 
if you give him the minutes, he'll support the team. But not, not, nothing exciting, right? He's, and, he's got, what, a year left? Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I don't know. And I think with Peters right now, what he's done with Bennett so far, whatever he's done, if he has been doing something with him, it's working. Um, because we've gone through three. Well, I mean. We've gone to three coaches with Bennett, right? This is the third one. Yeah. So everyone's tried a different way of motivating Bennett because Bennett has this potential, or we all hope. Um, but for whatever reason, whatever Peters is doing, if he is doing something, it is working right now. It's still early. But uh, the way Bennett played that last game reminded me of one of the games that Bennett played in the playoffs his first season with us against Vancouver. He had that one marquee game that everybody was just yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, this guy's going to be amazing, right? Yeah. Um, so Frolik's cap hit currently at $4.3 And so... How many years left? It looks like... I think this is his last year. Yeah, no, next season. This is last year. Oh, so he's no. done 2019-2020 season. But then his cap hit will be three. So, you know, I can see this guy getting traded if this continues. But who's going to take that? But no one's going to take that. Um, I think what may happen is that the teams will share the contract so that it's less of a burden. I can, I mean, that happens. I can see someone being like, yeah, okay, I'll take him if, he, if you're going to pay half the salary or... You know, even a million of that salary. Someone will take him for three. He's got no trade costs. He has to waive that. It's a modified NTC, so I don't know what the details are of that. But anyway, th- those things can be waived, right? That's not a big deal. Especially if he's not getting played. You know, yeah. he's definitely going to waive that. I mean, he's not... Uh, like, he's not horrible. We we're making him sound like he's a terrible player. He's not, but... He just got gazumped by Zarnik, and yeah. there's no space. Like, Neil, Neil should play there. And we're doing this thing where we're rewarding guys for performance, and Zarnik is getting rewarded for his performance. Guy's three points in five games. That I did not expect that. And he's solid, and he works hard, and he tries to change the game up, too, every time he steps on the ice. Like, he's very, very dynamic. And I, and I don't see that out of Frolik. I really don't. I think Frolik also is slowing down a bit. Yeah. And that, that's the Chug case. Chugging to a halt. Well, that's the case, right? These guys, you know, when they hit their 30s, right now Frolik is 30. But once they hit their 30s, and yeah, like the guys that survive in this game after their 30s are the guys that just know how to read the game exceptionally well. Because physically speaking, guys, fast guys especially, they, they have that massive fallout whenever they hit 30 because they're not Lucic. as fast yeah like lucci just not even no, as Lucic strong as he fast it's just the no he was strong but even now like your strength goes away too right your strength and your speed you're becomes not as fast as you were when you were 20 as when you're very it's it's ineffective now right like and, there will be a day where a guy like a, a monahan for example he has to just focus on being there at the right place at the right Monaghan's time like he is right now. Monaghan's game isn't based on speed. No, not at all. Like, I'm saying that Monaghan's going to last the test of time because he's just a smart player, knows where to be, knows how to score. If the injuries stay away. Exactly. So, there we go. The, when he hits his 30s, you know, I'm hoping he's going to be super injury prone, but that's a, that's a worry for later. Um, so many worries for later. Forget about later. Just think about now. That's the best way. I mean, to we got things. two home games coming up yep. against good teams, but uh, Boston's been playing well lately. But you know, they got to come out here. They're not used to traveling so much. Um, 
and I mean all these things are minor, but I think it's a game we can win. I think we can win both of these games, for sure. Um, if we're if we're if we're playing, if we play like we the way we did in Colorado, we'll be extremely hard to beat. And I think like and if we can start getting some consistency together, and even just coming out and playing a a good game, or we we played well, you know, not absolutely incredible, but we just we we played well as a team. We did the small things, and the results start coming our way. Yeah. And I think the other, just playing at home, as you were saying, like I think it just gives that extra boost to the to the players, and with the way we've been kind of playing that balls out attack system that we've been doing recently, like this season so far, there have been I'm not going to say it's the same, but there have been elements of our game that looks similar to what Vegas was doing last season: the high forecheck, um, just high pressure hockey, quick shifts. Those things are working for us right now, especially that Colorado game, the the Nashville game before they started kind of turning around on us, um, that Vancouver game. Like yeah. we were not obviously we weren't very responsible defensively, but we scored seven. That's not abnormal. That's pretty abnormal, right? That is, yeah. And but it in a good way. And like the pressure we showed against Colorado last night, it was a lot more organized. Like it shows a little bit more efficiency as every game that goes by. And I really enjoy watching that kind of hockey to the point where I'm okay with us losing if we play that kind of hockey because I think part of this is a show too, man. And I want to be entertained. Like I want to see a lot of goals. <laughs> I, I want them win. to win. I want them to win, obviously. But I would hate to watch every fucking game where we win like one nothing or 2 nothing, and because we're playing the trap and all this bullshit. Like I used to fucking hate Minnesota. Like every time we played them and every time I watched – I would just watch them just so they get pissed off, you know, like just like get me motivated for my own fucking sport the next day or something like that. Because it's just like it's a fucking abomination to the sport to see that kind of bullshit play. Like I want to see attacking hockey, the players giving a shit about this team, giving a shit about the results. That's what I want to see. And we're, we're seeing that so far. So whatever Bill Peters is doing, just keep doing it. <laughs> abomination. It is, man. So next game, Boston, Nashville, Rangers, Canadians, Penguins. So it's a pretty decently difficult uh, schedule coming up. We got a long break until Boston on Wednesday. That's right. And um, then and then we, we got like two days, two days, two days, two days. Every game, a game every two days. Rangers aren't very good. They're... I would consider my second team, but they're they're not. They're in rebuild mode. I th- just Penguins I mean, are you never know, obviously right? good Vancouver, still. Vancouver... We suppose wasn't very good, and they beat us. Yeah, like, anything can happen on any given day. We can't day. be complacent. We're surely not a team that can ever be complacent against our opponents here. But you know what? You know what flashed through my mind when we were down two nothing against Colorado? It was that 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 part you said about our season preview. Yeah, we're gonna probably you know lose eight in a row, then win ten in a row. I just can't. I can't handle that anymore. I don't want to do that. No, th- th- those kinds of streaks where we losing. So many in a row, I just can't. I like, can't. if we're going to finish the season at around, like, a 650 win percentage or 700 win percentage, I want to... That's really high. That's obviously high. It's really high, I, yeah. My point is that if you do that, I'd rather it happen where you win four, lose one, win three, lose one, and then lose one in overtime or something like that. Yeah, like, no. I don't want any of this fucking 10 games in a row shit if it's going to lead to another 10 games in a row losing. I don't want to go through that either. I hate that. Because you know it's about to come crashing down, you know? And 
such as life, but let's hope that they can just be consistent here. Like we've had a couple games where, I mean, we won three nothing and then we lost five three, and we were getting we were getting outplayed against St. Louis. I hate to admit it, but that's the way it was. I mean, any team on any given night can come out and just play amazing. And in fairness, and these are all good teams, right? And in fairness, the Predators were outplaying us too. We we just happened to be clinical in front of the net that game. And Mike Smith played well. Yep. Credit where credit's due. But I mean, by and large, I'm pretty happy. So far, so good. I think most of the fans are happy too, barring the fans that lose their shit when it goes down to nothing or up to nothing or whatever. Oh. Oh fuck! Goodrow's the best player in the world. Oh fuck! Smith is the worst goalie in the world. Blah blah. blah. Like, uh, I think it's overall it's been. Did you see that? It's been good. Video of Riddick um, mm-hmm. and Goudreau on the breakaway. So mm-hmm. the camera looking at Goudreau catches Riddick, and as soon as Goudreau crosses the blue line, Riddick just puts his hands up, yeah. starts celebrating, and Pre- then he. Pretty sure he did that last season too, and it didn't work though. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You look like you know. You, you look like the goat if you miss it. You're like, whoops. But it's Riddick too. He's just like he's kind of that Joker in the dressing room. I think people just enjoy yeah. having him around. It's good. Um, it's good to be. There light. was there was some guy that was on social media claiming that Johnny was doing a fist bump. I think you and I agree that it was more of a balancing thing. But I could see how it's a fist bump. Like I could see a really weak fist pump. Like from a certain angle, it does look like a fist pump before he does the deke, but. It's just, I think it's it's still just a you don't even know thing. what you're doing, right? You're just skating at maximum velocity and you're readjusting. <laughs> and you, you just want to get the right grip on your stick and you move your arm out and I bang. Want, I want to see the day when a player like overtly celebrates before he scores a breakaway goal. The Owen, the Owen Nolan? Yeah, the Owen Nolan there. just pointing. Yeah, but that's an all-star game. It doesn't count. It counts. No, that doesn't count. Like I want to see like... Remember when like Zlatan did like that slide when he scored for PSG? Like he was sliding as he scored, and he was just like staring into the camera for the ball went into the net. I know you love Zlatan, but I want to see I like Goodrow like slide on his knees as he's like just about to score, just celebrating before the puck just barely goes into the net. But they don't know it happens so fast, you know. I, I do want to see it. It's my ideal world. Let's just hope we see him celebrating a lot more. Mm-hmm. Well, he's on pace for a, another great season, eight points and five. He's looking really good value. Kachuk seven and five. I hope these guys, Kachuk, Lindholm, Monahan, I hope they keep it up. And I know it, it might be tough, but let's keep the power play going. Let's just let's keep the goals flowing. Go yeah. flames. Chuck has got ten penalties, eh? Yeah, he ten must have been minutes. in a fight or something. He's such a scrappy kid, I love it. <sighs> All right. I think we're good. Actually it might be five minors. I think it's five minors. I don't think he's fought. I think it's just been penalties after yeah, penalties. And maybe that's why Froelich's not playing him. He's got six penalty minutes, four games, only one goal. It's a shorthanded goal, too. Bennett has six penalty minutes, too. That That's back, the Bennett penalty. By the way, did anyone deal with that spear that Perron did? No, that's same? fucking bullshit. That's ridiculous. Like, he just, I can't remember who he speared, but I was incensed when I saw that highlight. I was like, that's a blatant spear. Dirty. He should be fucking suspended what for at least a game. happens when you play for Edmonton at any given point? Yeah, you turn to just you're this. Just, you're just a scumbag. Just a horrible human being. Yeah, that spear is bullshit. And I don't know. I don't think he got any type of repercussion out of that. And the NHL needs to be the NHL needs to be consistent on everything that they do. It does feel like the NHL does bias against the teams that are 
you know, either very popular league-wide in terms of audience numbers or, you know, they're contenders. That's the Batman bias. It is the Batman bias, and I don't like it. Like, I feel like if Kachuk did that, he would be out for, like, two games. And, yeah, he would. And that's such bullshit. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful the NHL is not as corrupt as an organization as, like, a FIFA, <laughs> let's call it. But, you know, it does stick his <laughs> ugly fucking head here and there. But anyway, yes, on that note, I'll stop. Yeah, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. We're going to end on the corrupt note. Enjoy your weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Enjoy the few days off before the Flames game, and then we got uh, five games two days apart. Positive vibes, everyone. Positive, Positive vibes. vibes. Go Flames, go. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.